Hello and welcome back to Dial H for Hero Clicks. I am Simeon Bruce. Calder's not here because he's in Florida. This is episode 447. We're going to be talking about the economics of Batman team up, doing some Community Tuesday questions. You dialed, and we're here to answer. So if you're looking for emotional satisfaction, my advice to you is seek professional hero clicks. No. Are you serious? Again? How many people even play this game? Like the hundred? Instant deadpan humor. Oh, how they Six people work. think I am funny. It's the hard day's work. Not that you know anything about that. Which absolute fools. It's not witcher nonsense. I'm gonna make hero clicks like that forever. Are you kidding me? <laughs> hey Google, back some Let's attack him because he's a jerk. Wow, wow, wow. The Dial H Podcast is brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day, including the latest singles and sealed products. So check them out at CoolStuffInc.com, and make sure to use code DIAL5 to save 5% off every order. It's been a while since we've done the economic clicks, but uh, you know what that means. We've got a superstar in the house. We've got the man himself, the myth, the Pickle Peggleston. <laughs> the Pickle Peggleston is in. Simeon, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. Uh, like I said, Calder's in Florida. We'll have a recap with him when he gets back. But just to tie everybody over um, and kind of get this out of the way, because it is something that we should talk about. Uh, yeah, we had to had to dial you up. We had to get you on the show, our resident yeah. economy. With economy. Calder serving the front lines, you know, somebody else has to step into the studio. It's a, it's a team effort, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Plus, he doesn't like numbers anyhow. So, this um, is true. But what made you happy this week, Ian? Oh man, honestly, this week was it was pretty crazy. We got like twenty inches of snow in South Dakota. <laughs> so I work at a hotel, and I ended up having to stay one of the nights there. And um, so I, I go to my shift at like three o'clock. It just starts snowing. By the time I get off, it's like there's just no way I'm driving home through this. So it's like, all right, I'll I'll stay. That's fine. And then I'll leave in the morning, whatever. It kept snowing, so the next morning I still couldn't leave, so I just had to like go back up to the room and just hang out until my shift started. And by the time my shift started, it, it started to feel like Hotel California. It's like, I just, I'm not <laughs> allowed to leave, man. Oh, so, that's rough. Not exactly like, you know, what made me happy, but that was just quite the experience. And, and you could tell it was doing a number on the people in the hotel, too. People were just like acting weird. The snow just... Yeah. It started to almost feel like the shining at that yeah, point. People were just being the crazy. <laughs> uh, but other than that, um, you know, I got to order my case of Batman team up, which I'm very, very excited for as a huge Batman fan. Absolutely love it. There's a lot of cool stuff in the set. Love the Green Lanterns, too. So really excited to get that case ordered. And then uh, I also hit infinite in Marvel Snap, which was uh, very fun. Uh Pretty only, easy this season, so we're only a week into the season, right? Yeah, um, because of the snow, I had like literally nothing to do at work. Infinite, and time. Uh, I played Marvel Snap like back to back shifts for probably like six hours, just like watching stuff on my iPad, playing Marvel Snap because it's like, oh, we have like two check ins, nobody's calling in, so uh, yeah, I had a whole lot of nothing to do and. I played a ton of Marvel Snap, so that was pretty much my week. Uh, it was really hectic outside of that, but yeah, just getting snowed in, and uh, yeah, just really excited for 
the upcoming hero click set go batman <laughs> beautiful yeah i've i've been dabbling in some gaming as well uh, i downloaded the ascent i bought the ascent um a while back but just you know how steam games go you just don't download all of them because yeah. uh you collect more than you play but i just recently started playing it it's a cyberpunk futuristic thing kind of like it reminds me a lot of diablo but obviously not nearly as intricate like rpg building like the the quote-unquote skill tree in it is laughable compared to like other rpgs but it is oh, a very okay. fun game and the atmosphere is really cool the visuals are like really turn off good. though like really really intricate like skilling like Diablo, I mean, I've always thought Diablo was cool. I used to play Diablo 2, but Diablo 3 was like just such like a, a loot hunting fest that yeah, I, I fell out of it pretty quickly. So I don't know. Sometimes simplified isn't always bad, right? Right. I do like limited skill building in certain aspects. Some games do it really well where you, where you can, where you're kind of like pigeonholed and you have to like focus on like one type of like combat. This is yeah. less so that and it's more like... You just increase certain stats so rather than like having actual skills it's like uh you can increase your critical hit rate by a lot like several thousand times percentage um or you can just make your guy have like stupid high health and stuff but sure uh, it's a really cool game i'm enjoying it um i thought it was gonna be more like indie like looking at the visuals and stuff it looks like indie it's like because it's got that third not really even third person it's like fourth person view or something where it's like top down and you're walking around but then oh, every okay. so often it does like an animation that's just got stellar graphics okay i uh i feel like i've heard of this game but i honestly like i'm i'm drawing a blank right now ascent sounds familiar and uh you know like you're saying with steam probably worth picking up like the steam sales just you end up buying 10 games and playing one of them so <laughs> yeah I currently have, I can like look at like all the ones that I own, but haven't downloaded. And it's like double the amount that I've actually downloaded and played. <laughs> I have a ton oh, of like Lego man. games I'm going to eventually get to and stuff. But other than that, um, I've just been 3d printing. I finally got my, my 3d printer dialed in. So it's printing things accurately. It's not messing up too bad. Usually sometimes nice. it'll have a little hiccup, but now I'm, I'm moving on from the the print aspect to the building of 3D items like on the computer so I can have unique stuff to like to print and that has been a little bit more challenging than I was expecting but yeah it's it's still fun it's just uh takes a little while to get the hang of certain things yeah yeah I like you know that it seems like a lot of just like creating stuff in general you look at it and it's like, oh, that seems simple enough. And then you go to actually do it and it's like, now wait a second. <laughs> Basically, like, yeah. It's like, isn't there one product with like UI where I can just like uh, Tom Cruise and Minority Report, I can just like put on my gloves and start swiping and stuff. Or I guess, you know, for the children that didn't watch that movie. Um, the good movie. Tony Stark, where he like just like he'll just grab like a holographic thing and like expand it and like wave his hands and stuff happens. Yeah, it's like, oh, of course, time travel, and then beep, 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 beep. <laughs> oh, there it is. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, we did mention Marvel Snap. It's been a while since we've given an update. So, Ian, you said you went infinite this this uh, season. 
I started the season at 35, and I am currently at 29. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I had some bad, uh, bad snaps, but uh, the main deck I was running up until now is just like the Arnhem Black Panther deck. I have actually swapped to, uh, I call it the Electro Viper, my, my Electro Viper deck, or Electric Viper deck, and the goal of it is to get Electro out, um, either kill him with Carnage, or if possible, send him over to my opponent with Viper. It gives me nice. like the plus one energy for the rest of the game, and then if I can send it to my opponent, it gives them the ongoing effect of they can only play one card per turn, which Dude, really... the most fun thing ever is giving your opponent Electro. It's yeah, so fun. It's so dirty. I love when Oscorp pops up and I have him yeah. in hand. Like, thank you. This is Instant awesome. snap. Instant oh, yeah. snap when I see that. Uh, it also The deck also has Kazar, which will make more sense later. Uh, Magic, so that I get a turn seven occasionally. Sarah, so that my turn six and seven... Uh, I've got you know, a ton of energy going on. And then I've got Onslaught, mostly for Kazar, but also there's been times where I've played it on the Sarah. And uh, then, yeah, it just gets even more easy to do stuff, turn seven or six. And then um, it's got Thanos, which is the big thing, because I noticed when I first started playing this deck that I had plenty of energy, but I wasn't getting enough draws. And I really like playing Thanos and having uh, all the gems have, well, all of them except... The Power Gem and Mind Gem have draw a card. Power Gem is just the ongoing effect, and then Mind Gem oh, is sure. specifically draw two other gems. So that one's fine. I actually I like the Mind Gem because it that's a good a deck, lot of man. stuff. Yeah, and uh, it's pretty fun because um, Thanos, like all the gems, do something unique that like other cards do, but they all cost one. So you have, like, the Reality Gem does Scarlet Witch, but it's a one-for-one. One. Um, yep. The Soul Stone just gives all, like, opposing cards at that location a negative one to, like, their Spider uh, Woman value. Gem. Basically, <laughs> yeah. Um, the Space Gem lets you move stuff, which is awesome, because if, uh, if they don't know what the gems do, if it's somebody that's never played Thanos or something, they don't yeah. ever expect me to, like, move my, like... 8 attack carnage over to a location that they had locked down or something. The amount of the amount of times I've lost to that because like one the gems don't have like animations. So it's like they'll play a gem and I'm just kind of like, "Oh yeah, whatever." Yeah. And then, you know, they move their carnage or like whatever and it's just like, "Wait, what?" Yeah. <laughs> I've so lost an embarrassing amount of times to that. It's <laughs> like cloak has an effect where you can move like opposing and friendly people yeah, can I move like cards. Sport. And it, yeah, it highlights that area. The space gem, it like moves your cards. Like your cards will do like a little float animation, like um, when that turn six location, like New York City or oh, whatever. New York, yeah. yeah. When that one pops up, it does the same effect, but only on your side. So your opponent can't see that it's doing that. And uh, yeah, it does, it does mess people up because they'll like storm a location. And I'm just like, okay. And then I drop my space gem and I move like a bunch of stuff <laughs> over there. Um, but yeah, it, it's pretty fun. Most of the time, my win condition is just getting my opponent to retreat or having Kazar boost all my... Oh, I've also got Sunspot, who gets ramped up really fast. Yeah, obviously, he's pretty easy to slip into a power-hungry deck like this. But yeah, Kazar and Onslaught is my win condition. But I have won multiple games with uh, dropping Thanos with like an 18 power or... 
Sinister London, so you drop two power gems, and then he's a 28 power, which is pretty Ooh. fun. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't happen a lot, but it has but when happened it does. at least once. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I haven't been doing great, but I do have a lot of fun with this deck. Ian, what are you playing? Uh, so, last season, I hit infinite. It took me a lot longer with a Silver Surfer deck. That card is, like, still, I think, just... I mean, Silver Surfer is just, like, one of the best cards in the game, in my opinion. Him and Brood together is just... It's such a good combo, but... Uh, this season, I started at 70. I played Zabu for a little bit, but I... To be honest, I just thought he was boring. I didn't think he was, like, particularly bad or uh, good, honestly. I think he's really good with Darkhawk, but, you know, he's, he's like, a Series 5, so it's like, I'm never gonna get him. <laughs> Uh, so I quickly shifted out of Zabu, and I saw uh, a streamer playing like a ramp deck with Electro, and I was like, oh, that looks fun, and I have the cards for it, so uh, we'll give it a go. And I ended up doing a few of my own tweaks afterwards, but the deck that I played uh, about 90% of the way to Infinite, uh, or 90% of the time, is Sunspot, uh, just good early drop, Lizard, who's just, I think Lizard's one of the best cards in the game, just a 2-5. If you play him correctly, he'll stay a 2-5. Um, Electro and Wave for cheating out the big cards. So four cards in my deck cost three or less, and then the rest are five plus. So you have Devil Dinosaur, Leech, Arrow, uh, Dr. Octopus, Leader, Dr. Doom, Odin, and Magneto. So just a bunch of powerhouses. And so like the general theory is, you know, Early on, if you don't get your wave or electro, it's probably a retreat. You know, if you don't have Sunspot Lizard, like you need to draw like one or two of your early game cards, which is actually more consistent than you'd think it'd be. And then after that, you know, if you can get electro or wave down, you're dropping, you know, potentially like a five, a six, and a six for your last three turns. And most gate or most decks in the game right now really don't focus that hard on like playing early. So most of the time, you can come out ahead because it's like, I'm just playing better cards than you now. And we both didn't really play that much on turns one, two, and three. So by the middle of the game, if you're like even with these people, it's almost, you know, it's like, okay, I'll snap because I can outpace you. If you have Electro in hand early, it's an obvious snap too. It's like, okay, you know, I have Electro, I can outpace you, so snap. And so the curve works out a lot better than you think it would. Like on paper, it doesn't look great. Um, and the snap pattern for it is really, really, really visible. It's super easy to follow. So like, you know, you know, when you can retreat, it's like, oh yeah, my whole hand is just six drops. Like I'm not going to win this match. So I'll just back out. Um, but if you get those early cards, you can take eight cubes from people like pretty consistently. And, uh, I've quickly learned that Dr. Octopus is like one of my favorite cards, uh, yeah. Uh, locations that would be traditionally bad, like the give minus three to all people in this in this location, bar sinister, um, bar with no name, all these yeah. places, you throw Doc Ock in there, and it's just like, okay, your whole board has minus three, or okay, I pulled your whole board, or your whole hand, so now you lose bar with no name. Uh, bar sinister, I get 40 power if I have on reveal priority. And then I pull your whole hand, so I waste all your cards. I beat you in that location. Like, it's so good. Like, Doc Ock in, like, traditionally bad locations, he is so overpowered in them. So, you know, typically where people are like, okay, you know, this is going to be like a two-lane match. 
Doc Ock can just take that third lane so easily, just make him retreat. So he won me so many games. He was uh, one of the MVPs of this deck for sure. But I've been rambling a lot. But yeah, everybody, give Electro Ramp a try. It is a really, really solid deck. And I think it matches up very well in today's meta where people are playing a lot greedier than uh, usual. Like turns one, two, and three matter a lot less, in my opinion. So oh, yeah, sure. there we go. <laughs> That's another gem thing that uh, you, the time gem gives you plus one energy next turn, which is a one cost where Psylocke yeah. does the same thing for a two for one. Um, so it's just like infinitely better than her because that less cost. So turn three, if I can drop the time gem and I already have Viper Electro, then my turn four is just dropping Viper and Electro. It's so funny. Like, Dude, nice. <laughs> it's it's hilarious because nobody like there's nothing you can your opponent can do they have no idea that you're going to drop that the only chance they have is if for some reason they like dropped a cosmo the same and like revealed cosmo that same turn before you did or something but i have not had that happen yet that's um, the worst feeling ever when they just <laughs> it is call you out with cosmo or you like reveal all these ongoings at a location the same turn they dropped their uh enchantress there like their enchantress is there yeah. to like shut oh. off one thing and you dropped two more and you're just like ah <laughs> that sucks but yes okay i'll just leave this is a <laughs> this is a hero clicks podcast despite what you may yeah. think um and we're here to talk about the batman team up the economy of batman team up so is it worth Indeed. buying are certain figures worth investing in are the stocks going to go up on this set or are they going to drop that's the whole point of this absolutely so let's jump right into it. To not just affect the now, but affect the future. So I think the first thing that you want to look at with any set is how, how you should be buying it. Um, you know, do you want to look at this as a single set, a brick, a case? What are the distributions like? You know, and then that's looking at chases, primes, legacy cards, all that other stuff, all the pack incentives. And uh, you can kind of use that to determine what would be the best strategy for acquiring. This is a set that I've definitely been a little polarized on. Early on, I didn't think I'd buy much sealed of this. I think we were all kind of in that same boat. But uh, after playing some pre-releases, seeing the full set and just seeing like the distributions, I uh I have pre-ordered that case and I think that is the way to go. Simeon, how are you feeling about Batman team up? Yeah, I was not like over the moon when we were seeing most of the stuff. I liked the sub themes. Um I wasn't like bothered by the mix. It is kind of a, like an odd mix of uh normal comic book, you know, you've got Doom Patrol randomly in there, uh and then you've got like the Teen Titan Go mixed with uh lanterns and obviously certain people would like sets that's just like one of those or whatever yeah but no I, after seeing how the constructs are like I, I don't know that was another thing that i don't think we knew on from the jump was uh we didn't know that it was going to be a four figure with like one construct or object boosters uh that was kind of a surprise as well but after seeing that i actually more sold on the set yeah so same here yeah because like it or not like you do get one less figure but you actually get a way better chance of pulling uh, something worth more than like a common. It's like they could have put generics in the set, but instead you're going to get, you know, potentially like that uh, green chainsaw that's going to go for like 
you know, 30 plus for a while, stuff like that, or, or just like one of each ring. So it's easier to collect all that stuff and there's a lot to collect. So I'm glad they did it this way. Um, but yeah, I'm sold on the set. I think it's got a really solid common, uncommon rare. And then, yeah, there's plenty of higher tier stuff to go around. Absolutely. With the, uh, with the four pack or the four character packs, there has definitely been a fair share of complaints, but it's like, if you're, you know, a bulk buyer, which let's be honest, most people are, I would say, I don't think there's a ton of people out there floating around just buying a pack or two. You know, if you are in that boat, you're probably buying singles. So ultimately, I think the conversation kind of favors the people buying in bulk in terms of like, uh, just like that actually mattering, right? So if you're somebody who does buy a lot, uh, the pack incentive is absolutely great. Because, yeah, you could get that that chainsaw construct over, you know, the, your sixth Joker or fifth Harley Quinn, right? So I, I really like that change. At first, I was not super big on it. But the more I thought about it, I came around to it. Yeah, absolutely. Great stuff. And with those constructs, rings, uh, the utility belt being the other thing, um, there are definitely some that are going to be worth more than others. There are definitely some um, colors that are going to be worth more than others as well. Simeon, what do you think are like the top constructs to pull for this set? The top constructs, um, I I still think the ones that we saw in Wonder Woman, uh, saw got, get the most play from Wonder Woman are pretty solid. So like the catcher's mitt is just really yeah. good for what it does. It It's one of the ones that does have like a free movement and then it also has an attack value and damage. Whereas like the, the fire hydrant, technically has like six range nine for two with invuln but i've never played it um the spotlight is a zero speed zero attack zero damage i've never played that one either so yeah i think the uh catcher's mint chainsaw and maybe to a lesser extent the cowboy boot and even like the lasso i think like in that specific order um chainsaw obviously being first but then chainsaws undisputed number one yeah. <laughs> uh the boot definitely has some i think some merit an 11 for three cce with giant reach is not bad uh i think the stop sign is another one like barrier it can be pretty useful you know teams that don't necessarily have access to it barrier is a very popular power in like you know the higher meta gaming community so being able to slot that into a team with a ring for 10 points definitely seems worthwhile. And then, yeah, the lasso, uh, getting some in-cap in. And then that thing has super senses as well, so it's not exactly easy to deal with. Uh, yeah, I think those are all pretty solid. But yeah, the uh, the spotlight is definitely the one you don't want to see. It doesn't even matter the color. It just... I don't, I don't think anyone even used the spotlight with Chip or Green Lantern. Like No. And that was the only other option. It has a cool, well, it could have a cool effect. The thing I like about it is that it sees through hindering. If this had been like, choose an opposing character within six squares in line of fire, chosen character, um, like lines of fire can't be hindered or something like that, rather than range and attack minus one. Yeah. It, it would have been something. Been. If it could like literally shine a spotlight on them when they're in like a bush and they can't be in stealth really, that would have been something I would have considered. But it's... Yeah, every time I've used it or like seen it used, it's just so easy to work around. Whereas a lot of the other constructs are like, you know, catcher's mid is like legitimately just annoying to deal with. Yeah, 
it's uh it's really really good and then another thing to note about these constructs is that a few of them uh that will still be legal until rotation presumably like we think that wonder woman 80 is gonna rotate we don't know uh the catcher's mitt the fire hydrant and i believe the stop sign in the wonder woman 80 set are all autonomous and in this new set they aren't so yeah so those constructs will be a little more valuable than these current ones but uh Obviously, also like the uh, the chainsaw in Wonder Woman 80th is an 11 attack instead of a 10. Yeah. So, yeah, um, that is one. The stop sign is one that I find interesting because on a, like on dial, it's just barrier zero range, but um, it has that trait that's opposing characters within two squares can't use impro- can't use improved movement, which I actually think isn't as bad as like it could be. I mean, obviously. You can generate any of these and if you're playing a lantern or a ring you should be like having all of these with that color but i think situationally stop sign actually is one of the better ones it's not yeah again not much better than uh the like fire hydrant but are not much worse than the fire hydrant i don't know whichever way that goes but yeah it is better than uh the spotlight and it is like Every, worth considering. That's <laughs> yeah. just like, everything you know. is better than the spotlight. <laughs> that thing is stop, just no yeah. good. Uh, I think in order, I think I mean the ch- chainsaw once again undisputed number one. I think number two for me would probably be. I think it's either I think it's between stop sign or mitt. Like the mitt giving ESD is really really solid, but being able to just give any team barrier is also really nice. And then number three would probably be the boot, and four would be mm, lasso, fire hydrant, one of the two. They're both uh, probably the fire hydrant. The fire hydrant for getting through barriers because it's just such a common power. Yeah. Um, there will definitely be like a hierarchy of constructs though, but I think a lot of them will fall around the same price. Like you know, the second best and the fourth or fifth best will probably be around the same price, but the chainsaws are going to be expensive. There's no doubt about that. And the chainsaws of the colors that people are really are, are after, those ones might get uh, like crazy expensive. I have no idea. We've never really seen distributions like this. Uh, this is entirely new. So the pricing on this could be, who knows, right? But the yeah. chainsaw has potential. <laughs> that is for sure. And so with the constructs, you know, they do come in these different colors. So there's going to definitely be some that are more valuable than others. Uh, just based on their effects, you know, their ease of access for equipment, which uh, which are better for equipping for free. So, Simeon, what ring, uh, color-wise, which ones do you think are going to be the ones that people are really after? Uh, so I think until rotation, I think green is probably the top one. It has the most potential... Um, most potential keywords to like hook onto to be able to come in and use for free. Uh, but I think the red lantern ring is going to be one that's worth keeping around for a while. That's gives you poison. And if you can already use poison, it deals penetrating damage when used. Uh, and then also the Sinestro core ring, which gives anyone perplex, uh, similar to like reality gem. But then, uh, if the character can already use perplex, and they use it to negatively modify a combat value. They modify it by negative two instead. I really like that one. I don't know about the others, but I think uh, Star Sapphire is solid with the Mystics, and then um, Blue Lantern Ring with the uh, Empower, and then it basically turns you into like a mini 
skeets or something from like back in the day where uh when you if you already have empower then they also modify attack by plus one when using empower from that character i think that's really solid and this is like assuming you don't have keywords or you're not playing the lanterns these are like rings that boost people that already have powers and then you can also at some point power action a construct in if need be yeah there's a there's a lot to think about with like the rings that like most definitely almost always are uh, not going to be equipped to people with the keywords. In that instance, I think like blue and yellow are probably the winners there. I think giving him power for 10 points on like a support style figure that can now take power actions to make constructs sounds really good to me. So character with empower is already probably not doing a ton. If they now have um, access to dropping a chainsaw or being your barrier piece, you know, giving them that versatility when they're already a figure that, you know, is probably your support style figure. I really like that. I think the blue lantern ring is definitely going to be one of the more expensive ones. Yeah. But I do agree with you. Taxi. Like, yeah, whoever's carrying your team around, all of a sudden they have empower or if they already do have that, then they've got empower plus one attack and they don't usually do much more than like the initial carry and drop off. So yeah, if there's a turn where you have an action left, they might as well make something. Yeah. I I really like that. I think, I think for like the support style carry style, you know, like somebody like Lockjaw who just brings up the whole team and then is a damage sponge for the rest of the game. Right. Him being able to drop a chainsaw sounds pretty nice. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I do agree with you though, that I think green is probably the winner that will probably be the most expensive set of constructs will probably be the most expensive ring just because green lantern keywords the most prevalent um there are some figures later that we're going to talk about that really want that green lantern ring as well so that one makes sense to me and also giving willpower you know i mean taking actions off like leadership is so important not only for the action total but you know for keeping the pace of the game hitting those leadership roles are huge so adding a willpower role is also fantastic but getting it for free and then also being able to make constructs for free is going to be really nasty and there's some really solid green lanterns you can put that on right now so i would also just yeah 10 points i would absolutely start the game with it assigned to somebody with like cosmic energy um like that team ability because oh sure yeah 10 points to have a to increase my result by plus one for the rest of the game so it's like a 50 50 it's pretty solid sounds pretty nice I think so. Green's my number one. I'd say blue's my number two. Number three and four, I think, are are tied for me. I think yellow and red, probably yellow beating it out by a little bit. I suppose yellow would be my three. Uh, I I do like yellow for the same reasons that you stated that you know it's kind of like the reality gem. The minus two perplex could be really nasty, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just seems like a, a solid 10 points in today's game. Is it as good as like something like the Darkhold? Maybe, not necessarily, but it is a lot more accessible. And the utility of these constructs, it's its hard to gauge. But I think if they get on the right characters, they could really make an impact in the game. So I like yellow a lot. And then, yeah, red on the right figure. If there's some crazy poison figure, maybe there already is uh, coming out. Yeah, the Red Lantern ring could get real scary real quick. So I like that one a lot, but I just haven't thought of any figures to like really uh, throw it on yet. Yeah. Then obviously Indigo, Star Sapphire, kind of on like the 
the bottom end of that. But um, yeah, again, like Indigo, uh, like it gives support if you can already use it. Increase the number of clicks healed by one. Not bad, just kind of hard to do support up in the fray, which is where you want to be if you're generating a construct. And then Star Sapphire, Mystics, if they already have it. There's also, you know, the sword that does the Mystics thing. Soul Sword, right? Yeah, Soul Sword just... just Soul Sword is just an insane object. Yeah. Like, I don't know how you beat out that object. It's not even necessarily the ring's bad. No. it's Soul Sword is so good and i would pretty much always choose that um you know and we are talking about like the price of things so you do have to factor in like the meta relevancy of it right and the soul sword just beats out that ring i think yeah and it's not like you're getting this one free either star sapphire ring it's not like a it's not like a cheap version of that sword it's just a i guess you could say it's like an alternative version but it'll probably be a lot cheaper than that sword and it doesn't yeah. do the same thing. So it does a very similar, just not as good thing. Yeah. I like both those rings. Uh, I think those will probably be the lower end ones. And then there's also the orange lantern ring, which gives plasticity. And if you already have it, uh, when you hit an opposing character, you can equip their equipment. Unfortunately, you can't have multiple things equipped, though. So you would drop the orange lantern ring, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, unless you're specifically Larfleece. <laughs> yeah, or I, I guess the the collector from uh, ABPI could oh, also course, use course. this. Um, but no, yeah, it's the Orange Lantern Ring. I think sits alone by itself because it has a single character Fitting. with the keyword, and I don't see anybody equipping it just for plasticity. Um, no, and not for that effect either. So maybe. But I, I don't see it. Uh, so, yeah, I think the rings, um, Top three. I think they're going to go, like, for around, well, we're still in pre-release time right now. But I think that they'll cap out around 30 bucks for, like, the higher-end ones. And then the lower-end ones will be about 10 Because depending on yeah. the distribution, we have seen most bricks have, like, two rings. Some bricks have no rings, though. Um, so, yeah, I think that's... Had three, so... Yeah. Yeah, some have had three. And then some yeah, some have like two rings and the utility belt, which where does the utility belt fit in? Is this is it just straight up above all the rings as far as Ooh, things good you want to pull? Um I think I think the utility belt and the green lantern ring will be about even. Right now, looking at pre release prices, the utility belt is by far the most expensive object. I'd say on average, at time of recording this, it is selling for about like forty to fifty dollars. And it is a really solid equipment. Uh, once again, like being able to give people thing for people equipment for free is always going to be good. And uh, what the utility belt offers is pretty solid. Like being able to, you know, give improved movement characters and shape change, free smoke cloud, uh, regen and support, plasticity, just, you know, various things, range combat expert. All of that stuff is, is pretty good when it costs zero points. And, uh, you know, the amount of figures that that can go on yeah. is definitely something to consider. So I think in terms of versatility, I would say it probably is the best. I think just because Batman family covers a much wider range of like keyword characters, like we have way more of those in modern than any of the others. Um, this one will be the the free one that gets put on the most teams will be the like utility belt. And then also it's, it's free effect is very good. It almost 
essentially lets you pick whichever power combo you want every turn. Uh, whereas if you put a ring on, if you put a ring on one of like the correct lanterns, they get to bring in um, that one construct once per game for free. And then what is it? Let's see. Yeah, for free, you get to bring in the construct. Uh, if no construct generated by this character was on your force this turn, so there can't be a construct currently on the board when you do that action, it's it's kind of rough. It means if you like call out something bad because you have like a good opening for it, like I you know I call out the cowboy boot so I can knock somebody off of elevated or punch somebody eleven for three. And then my opponent just ignores it and like walks away from it. That cowboy boot is now stuck there, and I can't generate anything <laughs> yeah. else until I KO it. Because I, you have to KO it if it's not within six of the character that generated it. But yeah, that it seems it's not as utilitarian as the utility belt, I guess. Yeah, I would agree with you there. You could get stuck with the boot, and at that point, or you know whatever construct, you have to get mobile, or the construct has to get mobile, so you can keep making it. So. It does make it trickier to like keep getting value from it, and it is more specific. So yeah, utility belt, slap it on anybody with Batman family, and just go to town with it. So maybe the utility belt is like the equipment to pull from this set. Uh, as a Batman fan, I am happy to have one. It is awesome. It's a ton of fun to play with. But uh, I I think when everything shakes out, I think the utility belt and the Green Lantern ring will probably be the two high end ones. I think blue lantern ring will be slightly below that. And then yellow and red will probably be uh, the tier below that. So I agree with you that I think $30 is probably where things will peak at post-release. And then low end for like, you know, the orange, sapphire, indigo, those will probably be, yeah, like $10 to $15 a piece. So yeah, I it's think that's pretty rare cool. enough where it's essentially like you, if you pull that in a booster, you got like, a super rare i mean they yeah. all have a super rare tab but like that's essentially the equivalent of rarity because and you could also get a super rare in the pack with it yeah which is wild it doesn't yeah it doesn't take up like a super rare slot but yeah uh the constructs themselves obviously there's some that are subpar that like you won't need to collect that people won't be collecting or paying for but uh anyone that wants to do like a specific color they're going to want one of every construct. So yeah, you will have options for trading and selling those pretty easily. And if you're, you know, somebody like me, I, I just want all of them. I want a full set of rings. I want like all the constructs like, Oh, this set, this set's going to hurt the wallet. I just, I think they're so cool. So ultimately I also just think, you know, they're pretty cool collector pieces. You look at how well a lot of the war of the light or war of light, uh, stuff has like held up and i think this might be pretty similar you know it might not skyrocket in value but people will still be interested in this stuff like five years from now the lantern stuff is just cool flat out <laughs> right and there's no telling um if we'll have before this stuff rotates if we'll have another set that's lantern like centric or oh, anything sure. but uh they have been slipping lanterns into well I guess the last two DC sets they have. So that is a pattern. We have been getting lanterns in the last two DC sets. The last two. Yeah. yeah so two years. pattern is forming. Um, <laughs> There's always the chance of like con exclusives too, that have the keyword, you know, very true. Uh, maybe some like OP kit stuff. If that comes back, who knows? Yeah. Uh, 
if they start doing those like three character le's again but for the next two years like anybody who has these keywords come up you know it once again might not be super common but if it comes up it's like this stuff is free so it could all of a sudden have a crazy good use so i absolutely love these and uh yeah the pack incentive is just great yeah. i think that about covers like rings constructs um i guess the next thing for pack incentive would be mystery cards how do you feel about those I was not sold on them at first. Uh, seemed like seemed like just kind of a overly complicated game mechanic. Just by you know, this is me looking at the world slide. I was like, Ugh, like th another thing that I will have to look at. Yeah. I pulled one in one of my pre-release events though. Um, and I did see, too. Let me see which one it was. Which which is which? It actually was, which which is. Oh, which. it was. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, detective and mystery ink keywords. When a friendly character with a listed keyword uses perplex to target an opposing character, after re resolutions gain one clue token. When you get three clue tokens, you get uh, once per turn. When an opposing character uses shape change, you may reroll the result. And then uh, the case closed. When you have nine, it was when an opposing character is knocked back after resolutions deal that character one pen. Um, Dang. It was mostly the three that I got. I didn't ever get up to nine, obviously. I only had one character with perplex in the keyword. But no, it was, I mean, it did the thing. It didn't always work out, but it was just like a free sideline thing that I kept track of, like Rally Die. And it was fun. Like, it was fun, and it wasn't at all complicated like I was expecting for whatever reason. Yeah, they really weren't complicated. I uh, I also pulled the a mystery card in pre-release and i like threw it on my build because i was like it's free why not um i can't remember the name of mine but the the ability was once i hit three times um opponents couldn't use mastermind and i really wasn't familiar with how they worked at all uh so the first game i like showed it to my opponent i just said like hey like i'm just gonna like completely ignore this and then when that game wrapped up i used it in my second one and yeah it was really straightforward Basically, like, uh, almost felt like rally dice, really. It's like, okay, I hit, so I get a token here. That's all. Like, they're they're a fun enough game mechanic. You know, maybe they can breathe some life into the mystery gang or detectives or green lanterns, all those keywords. And uh, it is another way to make sealed product more valuable. And so with the mystery cards, we are seeing a distribution of about, like, zero to two per brick. Some don't have any, but I believe two is the most we've seen in a brick. Have you seen anything more than that, Simeon? No. Um, and it is one of those things where they are kind of just like hidden in the packs. And they, they're about the same size as the character cards, so you might not see it right away. But mm -hmm. no, I in uh, my second pre-release, the one that I pulled one in, I'm pretty sure I was the only one that opened one. And we only had seven boosters left over, six boosters left over, something like that. So I guess it'd have to be an even number. So yeah, it must've been six boosters left over. So there might've been another one in that, but we opened a case and I only got the one that I know of. So unless there was one in the last six boosters, it might've only been one in case. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Like, uh, looking at pre-release prices on these, I think low end, they're about $15 and high end, they're gone for about 30 to 35. So you know, not a ton, but another thing to add value. If one of those catches fire in the competitive scene, or maybe multiples do, who knows? If detective becomes a formidable keyword in modern, uh, 
you could see these things being worth a lot more than what they're worth right now. Right now, like once people figure these out, once they crack the case on these mystery cards, <laughs> uh, you could see them being worth something. So, you know, is there a specific one that you think is really because I think after looking at them, I think um, the two that I'm most interested in is Stakeout and Superhero, or yeah, Super Summer Hero Camp. So Stakeout is. When a friendly character, yeah, or, good. yeah, Detective Mystery Inc. or Teen Titans hits one or more opposing characters after resolutions, you gain a clue token. When you get three, friendly characters can use stealth and can't be knocked back if they occupy hindering terrain. So notice on like the the three there, um, it says friendly characters. It doesn't say friendly characters with the keywords or anything like that. So you just need somebody with Detective Mystery Inc. or Teen Titans to hit three times. And then everybody on your team can use stealth, which is nuts. Uh, and then if you can get up really to six, good. at the beginning of your turn, choose a friendly character occupying hindering terrain. This turn, the chosen character can use support and regeneration. So, yeah, kind of yeah. nuts. A bailout regen could be could be pretty nice. Um, yeah, superhero summer or super summer hero camp is uh, detective pirate teen titan. I think this is the one that comes in. Play yeah, this is the uh, the, the Scooby. One. Scooby play at home. Okay. So OP, whatever, prize, whatever it is. the prize one. <laughs> um, it's, but I love that it has pirate. Yeah. When you hit one or more opposing characters. So same thing as the previous one, someone with one of those keywords, uh, friendly characters get the dolphin symbol. And then, uh, same thing where if you get up to six, when a friendly character hits after resolutions, they can generate a water terrain marker in their square. So they hit, and then all of a sudden, not only are they dolphin, but they also just generated water in their square. And then a case closed on this one is friendly characters. So it's 12 friendly characters occupying hindering or water terrain can use blades, claws, fangs. Ooh, so they don't have to fun. have dolphin symbol or have keywords or anything. If they're in hindering or water, they suddenly get blades, which also works for uh, constructs or any bystanders you generate. I've always wanted to blade somebody with the stop sign, you know, yeah. a harsh, harsh metal edge. <laughs> yeah. The... That's awesome. I think uh, the one, here we go. The one that I pulled was the man who laughs. And yeah, like when, uh, when a friendly character with a listed keyword occupying hindering terrain hits one or more characters after resolutions gain one clue token. And then the suspect three, which is on the one that's important. Because nine is just like, that's a lot of attacks. You're probably winning the game at that point. Yeah. Uh, for three, uh, when a friendly character attacks, opposing characters can't use Mastermind. Mastermind has been, uh, you know, if you look at worlds, like Apocalypse being able to Mastermind from like eight squares away, that seems to be a pretty relevant power. So just shutting that off, like blanket effect for hitting three times, uh, that could be devastating to some teams. So I could see this card being like relatively strong in the right situation and once again they're free all it costs is a sideline space so if those detective themes or batman family themes uh those are the keywords required for it if those kind of step up to the plate if those become viable i could definitely see that card being worth something because shutting off mastermind is huge and the prerequisite to do so is not that difficult with how much like free smoke clouds in the game so i really like that one yeah, that one is really good. And uh, again, like a lot of these work kind of in tandem with tarot cards where you can build your tarot decks based on the suspect like portions. And 
stuff like that. So it's wild. Uh, it really is the different yeah. combinations of uh, silliness that can be gained. But yeah, um, the foul play in Funland gives friendly characters shape change, but only on a six. And then uh, obviously there's the tarot card that works with shape change and works with D6 rolls and stuff. So there's all kinds of crazy shenanigans to be had. But yeah, I think these are... It's great that there's not a ton of these to collect. And then yeah. I think these are something that's like heavily secondary market. Like this isn't something you're going to hope to pull the right one that you want. But the chances are that you will be able to sell any of them that you pull if you don't want them or if you want to try and trade for the one you do want. So that's nice. Yeah. You know, being about like a chase rarity, you know, one per brick, maybe two with what you're saying, maybe one per case. Uh, they should have some weight in trades and sales. So I think it's another another point for buying sealed for this uh, product. Just to like reiterate, we have the constructs slash equipment in the boosters, now the mystery cards. And, you know, yeah, you were taking away a common, but now if we go to bulk purchase, we can also factor in the legacy cards, which, I mean, in this set, they are amazing. The legacy figures in this set, I think, are some of the best figures in this set, like, period <laughs> yeah so if you pull the right one there some of these cards could pay you know for like upwards of half of your brick and i think the first legacy card that you really need to talk about is world's finest if you pull that legacy card whatever you pull in the in the brick like hardly matters i think the world's finest card is going to see like apocalypse legacy card prices i think this is an 100 plus dollar card which is crazy but it is just such a good figure so the world's finest card is definitely one that you want to look out for. Would you agree with that, Simeon? Yeah. Um, there's currently a few that have been listed on eBay. And yeah, they're like during pre-release going for 75 plus. Um, oh, wow. I think it's definitely one of the more usable or like more competitively viable uh, legacy figures from the set. Uh, and it's definitely, I mean, in my opinion, it's also one of the ones people that uh, have been playing for a while probably have because world's finest it's a pretty popular sculpt it's pretty popular like um yeah yeah this one doesn't say exactly it was listed for 95 but they took the best offer so who knows what that one went for but sure. yeah the legacy card they've been popping off and i think the reason why the legacy card on this one is going for so much is because it's a more easily accessible figure or it's a figure that a lot of people have and so the card is more rare than the figure, whereas yeah. we see the reverse with like Thanos and Apocalypse where the figure is more rare than the card because most people don't have it. But yeah, I do think that's probably, if not the top one, it's definitely the second place contender for sure. And I, I think you might see something similar to Apocalypse with this card where, you know, Apocalypse became very relevant very quickly. That was obviously during like the peak of Hero Clicks before Worlds. So you have to factor that in. But uh, the card for Apocalypse, you know, the market on these things, it is such a small market because one, you have to pull it. Two, you have to like have somebody pull it who now wants to sell it. And then how many people want it, right? Uh, it quickly outweighs. The price pushes up quick because there's so few sales. So... This world's finest card, the market for it could dry up insanely quick, and then people can start asking whatever they want for it. And if people pay it, they pay it. For sure. So, you know, this like that's what we saw with Apocalypse. Like that card, 
I think is still going for like, you know, 80 to a hundred dollars, maybe a little more than that. Like if you go on eBay, there's maybe one or two listed at a time. World's finest will probably be the same boat. Who's your number two pick, Simeon? My number two I think pick. You probably agree on it. Yeah, it's Casey Green Lantern. Um, yep. He is just a very iconic figure. Many people, well, Kingdom Come alone is iconic, like line of figures. Uh, we This is the very first one. Should have guessed when we got the Casey Wonder Woman that they might flush out the rest of the Casey line. And I think this is the oh, point yeah. where it's a good bet to try and find any of those remaining KC figures because yeah, um, they're not doing the world's finest chase set though. This is, uh, all the way back in legacy set from 2005, but this guy, I think because he's got the 20 point line, which is just stellar for what it does, uh, because he's also just an iconic figure that collectors want to keep, like even people that don't care that he's a legacy card now, they want to keep this piece. So he's going to be hard to get. And then his the people that do have him are going to be needing those legacy cards for sure. Because to be honest, uh, prior to being legacy carded, he was probably going for like 30 bucks. And that legacy yeah. card makes him worth way more. <laughs> a lot, a lot more. Uh, when this, before we even saw the card for this guy, people were asking, 200 yeah. $250, $300 for this Green Lantern. I've seen Wild. him sell for 200 so who knows what the card will go for. I mean, but this might be a case where the figure is worth more than the card, but generally when you have a figure worth that much, the Legacy card probably follows suit and is worth quite a bit as well. <laughs> so once again, you get the Green Lantern card, it doesn't really matter a whole lot what else is in your brick. You're probably happy. So these legacy cards, like those two alone could just completely, you know, that's like pulling an additional chase or just a chase if you happen to not get one in your brick. It's actually better than pulling a chase in this set, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> um, I, the other ones I think worth mentioning are probably, I think the Chief is really solid. Yeah, I really like his keyword bending. I think that could lead to some crazy teams. So I yeah. think the Chief might be up there price-wise. Also just 40 points to give three potentially three characters the outsiders even 40 points just to give two characters the outsiders is nuts yeah outsiders coming back is definitely going to have a splash on the game and just being able to hand it out to you know the likes of sicarian iron man or flash uh yeah that seems pretty good <laughs> i also really like commissioner gordon free tk has proven to be very strong you know any additional tk like Flash being able to TK8, all of that has been very prevalent in the meta. So I wouldn't doubt that the Commissioner Gordon figure, you know, probably not going to be worth very much. But the card could be. It's not going to be like World's Finest or Green Lantern, but I could see Commissioner Gordon being, you know, a $30, $40 card. And I, then... Yeah, I think um, one more thing about the, the World's Finest card. Uh, oh, of course. I forgot to mention, but... All the like quote unquote duo figures have the like the KO effect where you can split them off. I think World's Finest going forward will always have the most options for either Superman or Batman. They'll have the most options for the KO'd effect. Currently, oh, sure. Lex Luthor and the Joker have the best option for a KO'd figure. But yeah, I, I think going forward, World's Finest will always have the most and better options. Um, with the others being, of course, Lex Luthor and Joker. Harley and Ivy, and then Hal Jordan and Sinestro, which 
Not gonna lie, they uh, they hosed poor Hal Jordan by not letting <laughs> like real name Hal or Green Lantern come in because there's almost no Hal Jordans. I don't. Yeah, think you there's bring in the Le from Unleashed from yeah. like 2004. <laughs> yeah, there's the like of course the Wonder Woman 80th chase, uh, and then everything else is from War of the Light and older. And even then. I don't think those would be applicable because it's like Hal Jordan parentheses something, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that Green movie Gravity Feed. Oh boy. <laughs> or the, you know, just incredible Yellow Lantern chase that everyone, you know, was, was just foaming its mouth for. Yeah, they. <laughs> what a great figure that was. Even casually, oh, we don't need to get into that. I hate that figure though. I'll say that. Uh, the other legacy cards worth pulling, I think Hal Sinestro and Lex Joker are both like, I don't like. I think Lex and Joker are are playable for sure. I I mean I don't know. I'm not I'm not the person to comment on this fully. I want to see somebody do well with Lex Joker is how I feel about that. So yeah. I could see that also being a a pretty worthwhile legacy card as well. Uh, once again, probably thirty to fifty dollar range. I could see being realistic for them. Maybe more if it gets crazy, but who knows? And then, yeah, Hal and Sinestro, probably around that same bucket. And then my kind of shot in the dark one is Batman Beyond. I don't think this card is, like, particularly amazing. But for whatever reason, the JLU Batman Beyond has held just an insane price, even prior to the Legacy card. Like, he would sell for 40 to $50. And now he's since gone up even more, so maybe that same kind of like Batman Beyond cult following will go to the legacy card as well. <laughs> yeah, it is possible. Um, he's one of the ones I want the least. Like I need the legacy card for the least, but I do understand the the appeal of the character. I do like Batman Beyond. I just don't like how everything on his, uh, everything about the legacy card hinges on you being able to use outwit and with the prevalency of protected outwit or safeguard outwit i feel like it's it's kind of rough but you know again he's got batman family he's got detectives so he can use the utility belt he can uh, access most of the clue cards the mystery cards yeah 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 so i don't know i think that one and it, it is wild because i do have this batman beyond but yeah like you said he's been he's held popularity which a lot of the super rares from that set didn't. So I, I really don't know because there's the common from Batman the animated series who, in my opinion, is like better, <laughs> uh, or at least was. I don't. I, I'd have to look again, but I always played that one over the JLU one. Yeah. And then prior to that, there was the Arkham Asylum one, which I like played till the brakes fell off. I loved that Batman Beyond. So ultimately, he must just be a super super popular character like obviously everyone loves batman uh batman beyond just must be the variant so yeah who knows maybe this card has some merit to it uh if i get it i'll certainly play it i think it'll be fun but that's yeah, kind of yeah. my like shot in the dark pick are there any legacy cards you think are going to be worth something that i missed simeon the only thing i and this one's hard because it could go either way but I think the the Riddler, which is from uh, the Slosh um, set, uh, so he has perplexed, but can use it regardless of range and line of fire, 
use it regardless of line of fire. So I think it used to be regardless of range and line of fire when he originally came out. But uh, regardless of line of fire, when the Riddler uses it to target an opposing character after resolutions, you give them a puzzled token. Uh, so already just a character that potentially can target you with perplex and you can't target them back is kind of a headache. Uh, he has two yeah. rollouts on his top click. And then his other uh, trait is when an opposing character within range with a puzzled token would be targeted by perplex, perplex, you roll a d6. On a 1, you remove all puzzled tokens from that character. On a 2 through 4, you gain one mission point for each puzzled token on that character. And then on a 5-6, the use of perplex has no effect and gain one mission point for each puzzled token. So when the Riddler targets them, they get a puzzled token with his perplex. And then he also has to roll for each subsequent time that he gives somebody. But that second trait kicks off Anytime somebody with a puzzled token would be targeted by Perplex. So, if, like, for whatever reason, I have the Riddler doing uh, the first couple puzzled tokens, and then I just have, like, 12 other Perplexes, <laughs> I could, I mean, theoretically, yeah. I could get a bunch of mission points. It's a really interesting way to get mission points. Also, like, it's possible you just lose all the puzzled tokens. But, you know, if for whatever reason you're lucky with, like, your rolls and. Riddler pops off like three times, so they have uh, three puzzled tokens. It only takes a few more perplexes to suddenly be at like 18 mission points in one turn. Or not one turn, but you know. Yeah. One go. Like, he could be. You a, know, you, you pull up with Green Lantern carrying eight perplexers. <laughs> the big Tony it. swarm. I don't yeah. think he can, I don't think he can uh, perplex opposing characters, but. Oh yeah. If you right. can, I can't remember. I don't know. This is the yeah. this is a twenty point uh the, is it invisible Robin? girl? Uh from uh, future foundations. I oh the, there is a a stupid cheap perplex from Future Foundation. What is that? Uh it's not Franklin, is it It's like Valeria? Uh, is it Valeria the Valeria, there you go. Yeah, not not Invisible Girl. Valeria, thank you. Yeah. Daughter yeah, there we go. There's girl. the next yeah. meta strategy. You heard it here first. Yeah, she is 20 points. So, and I don't think this Riddler's unique. He is. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah. So, so that I that like dream's that gone. Story. But no. Yeah. If the Riddler got, for whatever reason, could stay alive, get a couple of those, I could see him not necessarily being the win condition on his own, but I definitely think on a mission point build. He can be like a surprising, you know, he's only 45 points himself. I think he can be a surprising um, swing where, you know, suddenly one turn, you know, maybe yeah. not so crazy that you get like 12 or whatever, but maybe five. Who knows? Because if he's the already got a few. For mission points, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I could see that. So, yeah, the Riddler card. If I had to guess, I think his will probably be about 15 to $20. Yeah, that that's about where I'd peg him at, and, and I think the rest of them are probably around the same. Maybe Harley and Ivy are a little more expensive. Harley and Ivy, popular, yeah, popular duo. Um, that was one of the more easy ones to get at the time, because I I yeah. don't think it was. They were one of the few that I don't think had duo attack. I think Harley Quinn and the Gotham Girls was after that rule change. Actually, I'm pretty positive it was. But yeah, they didn't get that duo attack originally, so 
they have like some built in, you know, with like charge flurry instead. Yeah, I don't think there's any anything crazy. We've already talked about a lot of the uh, legacy cards in our set review, our seven hour set review or whatever. It yeah. Was. But no, I don't think there's too much more that's going to be surprising. I do think the the most fun economical one is the zero uh, zero one Batman from the. Oh, Batman I love him. That he's awesome. That might be a surprising, like high point legacy card or high cost legacy card, just because he's going to be a very fun figure to play. He's not going to be competitive, oh, I don't think, but extremely fun. Maybe at like thirty as a filler. Who knows? It's it's just really difficult to tell like how good Batman Family or Detective Keyword could be. Like with the mystery cards and all the free stuff, like that they can potentially get. Uh, maybe it's better than we think. Who it's knows? Possible. Yeah. Uh, moving on past the legacy cards. So I guess just to like fully detail, you know, everything outside of the figures, because we have yet to really talk about figures here. We've talked about legacy cards, constructs, rings, mystery cards. The All bonus, of that is what you're getting yeah, in sealed product. The bonus junk. The bonus junk, yes. Uh, the figures themselves. I think where we start is just with like value figures. Figures that are like lower rarity but might see like a little higher price just due to like how good they are. Um, one that I want to point out right away is the rare death stroke. I think he's amazing. He's non-unique too. I don't know if that I don't know if people will play him in multiples, but that's usually like a pretty good sign. You know, because then people might want multiples of him, right? I think that Deathstroke is easily like a ten to fifteen dollar rare, maybe higher if he really sees competitive play. You know, things like Molecule Man, who are absolute staples, we've seen him sell for thirty to forty dollars. So, like, sky's the limit, right? <laughs> it's probably not that, but Deathstroke is definitely a value rare in the set. That's something that'll you know get some money back. I think the Brain is another one. I think he's really solid for his points. Once again, just a rare. Good stuff. And then Scarecrow, too, is another one that I think might be a little more expensive. I think he's really solid. I really like him. May I could be alone in that boat, but for what he does at 35, uh, I don't know. I could see him being a figure that people might be after a bit. So there's some of my value picks, Simeon. Did you have any? Yeah, he's, Scarecrow is definitely annoying for 35 points. Um because he's got, yeah, that, he's got mind control, and he's got mind control at, as free, but only to target somebody that's in his smoke cloud, and then he can generate smoke cloud uh, as free. As free. <laughs> so he can, for 35 points, you want him gone, but then you have to sink like quite a bit into him for 35 yeah, points. Five which, clicks of life, poison mastermind. He's scientist keyword. Like, yeah, I really, I really like this scarecrow, and I could see him possibly making a few scientist teams i don't know yeah i i think he's pretty solid i had to play against him and i didn't like it uh my <laughs> I my value picks like it. <laughs> would be Sportsmaster, just because it's such a goofy sculpt uh he's got a baseball bat that's shooting a baseball um i think Beautiful. it's really fun really goofy i want multiples just for like mod fodder or to have like a swarm team of like pinch hitters or whatever I'm going to call them. I don't know. Uh, and then I think Peacemaker, even though he's unique, uh, you know, John Cena's popular. So good old Christopher it's Smith true. might be uh, one of the higher priced, uh, or maybe not, I won't say he's one and be one of the higher priced rares, 
but I think he'll hold value as a rare, which doesn't mean a whole lot for rares, but you know, I think he'll stick at like the like $5 range for a while. Yeah. He could also, you know, he could be a mission point staple. I think you'll always play him if you're playing a mission point theme, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Why not? So he does have some utility there. It is a popular character. It's also like an unclicked character. So yeah, I wouldn't doubt it that this could be like a $10 rare. So I think, I think you're right. I think he holds value there, even though he's unique. Uh, what do you uh, think about? Well, I guess we'll get into the team up cards later, but um, yeah, yeah, some of those I will, think, I think, affect a little bit of the price. Absolutely, I think the next thing to look at, you know, you're guaranteed pretty much, almost always, guaranteed three super rares in a brick. So super rares can be very, very deciding personally for me when I buy sealed. I have to like the super rares quite a bit because if I'm going to end up with three to six of them, you know, depending on if I'm getting a brick or a case, uh, I want to like at least half of them. So I have good odds of like, you know, getting ones I want. Otherwise, you know, I'll just buy singles of them. And this set, I think there's quite a few super rares that I really like. Really big on Larflees. I think he'll be a super rare that holds pretty good value. I think he'll be, you know, a 25 to $30 super rare. Right now, he's selling for way too much money. I've seen him go for like 50 to 60, <laughs> which that's pre release prices for you. Yeah. Um, I think Batman is another one with him having a prime counterpart. It makes the like a version uh harder to find because they share the same distribution, like it can be the prime or the super rare uh in like a booster slot. So he actually shows up less. It's a popular character, and I think it's a really good representation of Batman. So I could see him being, you know, like a twenty-five to top end, like forty dollar Batman. I don't think that's like unreasonable. Uh, Dark Side is another one. I think he's just a character that always commands like a pretty high price. The JLU one was fifty dollars for a very long time. I think he's still like thirty to forty. That one was Every other iteration great. before that. Sorry? Was that one also unique? Uh, he was not, no. Okay, but he was as like the, 200 points, so might have yeah. been unique kind of thing. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so yeah, Darkseid's just popular enough. He's like He's got the Thanos effect where he's always worth something. Darkseid seems to just always be commanding like a, a price of at least like 30 bucks, 40 bucks. So I'll stick this one in there as well. And then, you know, it's in that Teen Titans Go style, so you probably won't see it again. So maybe that factors into a price as well. Who knows? Um, and then uh, Sinestro was another one, but I'll let you talk about him because I know you were big on Sinestro. Yeah, he's uh, one of the superheroes that I picked as kind of like, I think he'll be similar to Larflees. Uh, it's a named villain uh, that is also doing like Lantern stuff. So when it comes to like Lantern core, we don't get a lot and we get even less villains. So unless you're like huge into the Sinestro core uh, scarecrow, it's you know yeah. kind of wanting as far as uh, villains go. But uh, yeah, I I really like Sinestro. He's one of the few characters, if not the only character in modern, or maybe even further, um, might even be silver at this point. But he's one of the few characters that can negatively modify damage values or modify them. Period with perplex, uh, and then. On top of that, uh, with his ring, he can do it by negative two when he targets somebody's damage, which I don't know if you if you remember playing against like a Unimind that would perplex your damage down by like four or anything like that. It but, was off. Uh, 
Yeah, it's pretty awful. It's pretty rough, uh, especially if you know if they're playing like the Sinestro and they man- manage to whittle your team down to just a few things left, and they don't have uh, or you manage to whittle their team to like just a few things left, and they don't have like an outwit. If you can perplex their damage down, it just basically ends the game there. Um, and then on top of that, yeah, he's got Pulse Wave with knockback. Each hit opposing character is dealt two damage instead of one. So for the 75-point line, uh, he's an 11 for 3, dealing 2 damage to everybody within 3 squares, knocking them back 3 squares. Once the knockback damage rules change, which we've heard this is going to happen in the set after this one, it'll be like back to the days of just really gross pulse waves and off cliffs and like that kind of stuff. Can't wait. It'll be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Just don't perplex down their defense before you pulse wave. Even though it's by minus two, uh, it goes off a of printed value. So, uh, But no, I think Sinestra is an iconic, just like Larflees, he's an iconic uh, character. And he has his own ring that goes with him, his own construct. So I think, yeah, he'll be a little bit less than Larflees, but maybe that's just my bias. I would agree with you. Yeah. I think, like, I mean... It just seems like everyone loves Larflees, and he's going to be a lot of fun to play. I think Larflees alone, you know, he will be the reason why, if the Orange Lantern ring is expensive and if the constructs are expensive, he'll be the sole reason why. And I don't blame him. I mean, playing Larflees with the full fleet of Orange constructs sounds like a blast. So even outside of meta play, you know, I could very well see Larflees and the whole Orange Lantern stuff, you know, prior to what we said earlier could entirely see it being like one of the more expensive sets just because people love Larflees. It's not out of the realm of possibility. I don't necessarily think it's true, but I don't know. I could definitely see it. Yeah, um, I agree. Other, other super rares, I think uh, the other two Green Lanterns, like Jon Stewart and... Uh, God, I'm going to butcher this name. Joe, Joe Moline. Yeah. John John Mulaney. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think just having the Green Lantern core keyword, being able to equip the Green Lantern ring for free, being able to carry eight with the team ability. uh, After Hal Jordan rotates, you know, somebody could very well take their spot. So I think these super rares also have a decent shot of just being worth something for that reason. Uh, It might not be, you know, the day the set comes out, but later down the line, post rotation, should Wonder Woman 80 leave. Uh, somebody has to fill that Hal Jordan spot. I think he's a really solid figure. And yeah, I don't know. I think Green Lantern team ability is so good. And with the constructs and rings, it's worth looking at. So those would be the other two super rares. But that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, I think the lanterns are all cool. I don't think they'll all command like a high price. But I mean, honestly, personally, I'm just I'm happy to pull any of them. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, anyone that was playing in Warlight and that's, like, their big, um, their big, like, go-to, like, this was the best time in Heroclix kind of thing, they'll want Dexstar, they'll probably want Indigo 1, uh, maybe Fatality, um, Super Air Prime Wonder Woman obviously also has Green Lantern and, uh, so does the Prime Batman, but... That's oh like yeah, we'll talk thing. about those guys. And then Saint Walker, <laughs> yeah, is the other one we didn't talk about. But like, yeah, all the offshoot lanterns that aren't as popular, I think they still have a really strong following for people with all those Warlight collections that still run lanterns occasionally. 
and these updated yeah. versions are really solid. I'd agree with that. And yeah, speaking on the Super Rare Primes, uh, those will probably be the most expensive figures in the set. And by probably, I mean they absolutely yeah. will be. <laughs> Green Lantern Batman, we don't need to talk about what he does because it doesn't matter. He's so cool. He could have the worst dial ever. People would still want him. Green Lantern Batman is just awesome. If you pull that figure, congratulations. You have won uh, the Batman team-up pulling contest. You pulled the best thing you can. Yeah. I think this will be the highest value piece, highest value anything in this set. More than the world's finest card, more than any chase, more than multiple chases combined, probably. Yeah. Uh, looking at pre-release prices on this guy. One sold last night on eBay, and trust me, I was bidding on it, but you know, I'd have to draw my line in the sand somewhere. <laughs> one sold for $180. I saw another one on Facebook, somebody asking $225 for him. I don't think anyone's going to pay that. But maybe, like, it's not out of the realm of possibility. So Green Lantern Batman is 100% the figure you are looking to see in those packs. Yeah. And Wonder like Woman. You, yeah, see that green cape. You're a very happy person. Yeah, 100%. He is, I mean, as a diehard Batman fan, I have to own him, sadly. And uh, I'm not looking forward to trying to trade for one or buy one should I not pull one. So crossing my fingers. <laughs> The Prime Wonder Woman, how do you how do you feel about her, Simeon? Is that a sell-immediately kind of figure, or do you think this has more potential than that? I, I'm just dumb enough to think that this figure has a lot of potential. Um, <laughs> I, would, I would definitely sell as soon as you pull it, unless it's like a month after release, because like her, her price will probably diminish for quite a while. Um, sure. I don't think it'll go super low, though, because... Honestly, uh, well, it might drop again once Wonder Woman 80th rotates. But um, I think the reason why she has the most potential is because the Wonder Woman 80th equipment. So she can start with the utility belt and the Green Lantern ring, and they can both be assigned and equipped at the same time, which is solid, super good. But I think what's even better than that is like the golden armor, because the way the golden armor works is when uh, the character has the wonder woman ally team ability and they're on click one they take a max of like or, yeah they take a max of one damage the first time they would be damaged or hit or something like that so she goes to click two she's only five clicks long which is rough for 70 points but she also has cosmic energy so hard to outwit her or get around that uh the thing that makes the armor more interesting to me than the two equipments that she can be started with and have at the same time is the fact that uh, when a friendly standard character would be KO'd by an opposing effect after resolutions, you turn Wonder Woman to click one. So she could keep reusing that uh, golden armor effect over and over again oh, as long sure, as she yeah. sticks around. So yeah, she, she has defend invincible fun. super senses, 50-50 super senses with that team ability. But yeah, if if she gets knocked down and somehow survive, like, cause obviously they hit her to click two and then she still has invincible with uh, 50, 50 super senses. If they tap her again and don't kill her and somehow you can get a friendly standard character to be KO'd. Uh, if it just said friendly character, this would be, Oh man. But yeah, yeah it, be standard. <laughs> it does say would be KO'd. So they don't actually have to be KO'd. It's just when they would. So this, for whatever reason, also works with like Kirk Cohen revival. Um, but yeah, oh, sure, yeah, 
I don't I don't know what that's worth, but it is interesting. She's got a ton of keywords. I think that she has potential. Maybe golden armor isn't the route, but I just think that's like a hilarious interaction where she keeps healing and getting the benefit of taking max one for you know indefinitely as long as you can keep getting friendly standard characters KO'd. Yeah. I but. think uh I think she definitely has some potential. But that is like a, a sell right away kind of figure in my mind. Being a prime, there's just so much competition playability wise. Uh, and I think you could probably pick her up for cheaper later down the line. And I think out the gates, she's going to be pretty spendy. I've seen people selling her for, I think, like the 100 to $130 range. Yeah. I think she'll and at probably some won't point hold settle there. to like, she'll probably, honestly, um, I hate to say it, after giving such a glowing review, I think she'll probably settle to the same price as Dark Side at some point. Oh, really? You think she's going to go that low? I like once Wonder Woman 80th rotates. I don't think she has as many options for like playability. But sure, I might be wrong. Um, but again, I I do think there's that you know like five percent chance or lower that she actually makes a dent in the meta for some reason and sure. really. <laughs> I'd love to off. see it. Yeah, if somebody had some way to like just keep feeding their opponent their opponent points by KOing uh friendly characters and keeping her top dial. Problem is and her even with that trick. Team abilities. Yeah. <laughs> even with that trick, um she's not super hard to get to take care of. I mean, you just have yeah. to sink four or five attacks into it. Not even that really, but assuming I she gets super senses once or twice. 19 defend with Four through six senses with power cosmic, invincible, psychic blast. If you have the utility belt, range combat expert, she's a 13 for five. She's dropping a construct too. Like she definitely, she's got a lot of offense. She's got a lot of utility. And if you're not killing her right away, which I imagine is what people will try to do. But I mean, that's a 19 four through six senses. That's not outwittable. It's not exactly easy. There's definitely a chance. But in my mind, like price-wise, it's going to be a lot like Black Lantern Wonder Woman, where she's going to be crazy expensive at first, you know, $100 plus all day, and then she'll kind of settle around, I'd say, 70 bucks, right around there. Sure. That's about that's about on par for, like, the, the secondary Super Air Prime in sets. Yeah. Um, obviously, but unless Batman... it's like a real just bad Super Air Prime, then it never case, takes off, but... I think she's just good enough where people still want it. Yeah. Batman's going to be stupid expensive forever. Yeah. I don't, I'm not even going to throw out a prediction. I bet that guy stays at, I don't know, the 150 to $200 range for a while. He doesn't even have to be like a usable prime. People still just pay so much money for him. I think a good comparison is Arachnite. Not oh, the most yeah. meta figure by any stretch, but so cool that people will fork up for him. So. I think this is the same case. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, the last thing in the set to talk about is chases. And honestly, uh, this set has pretty underwhelming chases, if we're being honest. I think one of them is, uh, you know, far and above the rest, and that's Scrappy-Doo. I think he will easily be the most expensive chase, and he'll continue to be expensive because, I mean, he's free on your sideline. He works with keywords that are already really strong in the meta and scrappy do i think is 100 percent the chase you want to pull if you are looking entirely for value in your brick i think after that the chase you're probably looking at is batman 
Uh, one, because it's Batman, he's cool. And two, because his trait is really solid. Being able to only take one damage from close attacks and friendly characters on their first click, also only being able to take one damage. Uh, it's very strong. He's also got the Mystery Ink keyword, which is super fun. Uh, that'd probably be my number two pick. And then after that, tied for third would be like Robin and Shaggy. But it's crazy. You know, we do have to bring up pre-release prices again here. A lot of the Mystery Gang, they're already selling. Like before the set has even come out, they're already going for 50 to $70. So, I mean, that is that is really low. It's very low for pre-release chase prices. Yeah. You look at like That's what like Iron Hammer and, you know, Arachnite and uh, Green That's... Widow even. It's like Super Friends and, um, gosh, Starbrand level pricing. Yeah. Starbrand on like release had already dropped down to like $45. Like brand new release they chase. He was not selling for anything. Mm -hmm. And probably two weeks later, he was 20 bucks. <laughs> right. I was lucky enough to pull him. So it was awesome. For whatever it's <laughs> worth, uh, most of the chases have celebrity, so they can join the Doom Patrol with uh, Chief. So if you want Shaggy, who can outsider somebody, it's pretty Ooh. solid. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think as as far as chases go, it really it starts and ends with Scrappy. That's the one you want. And Batman is, you know, lower two, but the rest of them, I think, are all kind of in the same boat. Like Shaggy. I mean, I thought Shaggy would be worth more, but just today, one sold for like $44 on eBay. Oh, wow. I saw Fred go for 50 Daphne for 50 Velma for 45 Like, just none of them are really commanding that high of a price, so... Well, and I think Shaggy's the one that you can play... Shaggy and Daphne, I guess, are the two that you could play with the common ones and, like, boost your common casual team to, like, slightly better... Um, oh sure the rest of them i mean obviously you could add batman or robin to that as well but yeah the rest of them don't do a whole lot in the way of making it like crazy competitive or uh more than casual but yeah shaggy's definitely the one that i would want out of the mystery ink yeah uh, but i i am very glad that they made entire mystery ink set sans uh scrappy um as like uh common slots as well yeah because that means that i don't have to get any of the chases or i don't have to keep any of the chases um i'll be happy with any of them that i pull but uh yeah to get a full scooby gang set i don't have to get one of every chase yeah <laughs> and you guys fun. on your set review you guys talked about like uh do you need the chase here or the common and i don't know for a lot of them it feels like the common is just fine like shaggy even Shaggy's common is like pretty solid. Yeah. Daphne is like the one where I'm like, eh, I'd probably want to chase Daphne. Yeah. But the rest of them, commons are kind of just fine. I mean, yeah, Scooby Doo, his hypersonic is hilarious, but yeah, maybe you want the the 50 point prob one instead. And then yeah. Fred, I mean, I'd rather have common for sure. Yeah, the 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 van driving Fred instead of the uh honestly, if this one had Oh, I guess he's got team players, so he could like somehow copy Green Lantern. But if this one could just taxi the rest, he'd be so much better with that like nineteen defend and stuff. But yeah, without that uh, big passenger ability, he's not as cool as the common to me. I'd agree with that. 
than that, uh, I mean, that's pretty much it for Batman team up. Uh, my overall verdict for this, uh, as I've said now in this episode, I pre-ordered the case. I think this is an excellent set to buy sealed of. I think you have a really good chance at getting return on value. I think there's a lot of cool stuff we haven't seen in a while. If you like Batman, if you like the Lanterns, if you love Scooby-Doo, there's something for you. <laughs> and yeah, it's just, it's very well distributed value. It's something new. We'll have to keep a close eye on distributions because we've, you know, only seen, I think, like four or five bricks open at this point. A few cases, you know, a few reports here and there. But uh, overall, I really like it. And I'm really excited uh, for more sets like this, for more opportunity for like an individual pack to be worth more than just, you know, a couple commons and a rare, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, This is the, uh, like I said, I think the CUR is solid in the set. So I'm not upset um buying too much of the product because i know if i get a full cur i'll be happy uh the, the lower rarity stuff like the trinity makes an awesome 300 point team that's like super new player friendly uh the teen titan go stuff is a little bit i think a little bit more than new player but at the same time because it, i mean it gets a lot into team abilities and stuff but at the same time uh, it is very accessible for like a newer player as far as collecting them and the power combinations aren't too crazy uh but yeah the sub themes i think in this set are just a ton of fun like i want a i want all of the uh arkham asylum gotham city underworld stuff out of the set because they all work together really fun uh same way with the teen titan stuff just because they work incredibly fun together and it's a lot of synergy going on uh, and then I won't be upset with whatever lantern I may or may not get. Hopefully, I at least get one. Um, yeah, <laughs> be very strange because. But there's one, two, three, four. There's only four super rares that aren't lanterns. So it'd be very strange to get the full non-lantern super rare set. Um, but if even if that happens, that means that I got like cyborg or dark side. So I guess that's not bad either. Yeah. But, Oh, we didn't even talk about team-up cards. Oh, yeah, real quick. Um, are there any that really stand out to you? So some of them are, like, interesting, but not necessarily, like, amazing. I don't super care for the rare Wonder Woman, but her team-up with Deity-themed team. Um, it gives, if she's part of the listed theme team, friendly characters have safeguard outwit and a opposing prob control unless they are targeted by an opposing character with a higher point value or that has the deity keyword. Since for whatever reason, deity doesn't always get cosmic energy or protected outwit, uh, this giving them protected outwit and probability control is pretty solid. Uh, I don't think it's competitive, but I think it's a fun team up for sure. Uh, The Aquaman one, giving all rulers dolphin symbol, and then also just at the beginning of the game, generating seven water terrain markers that is really cool that seems good seems really good he has a 50 point line so if you don't want to play him uh at the 100 point line you know that team up pretty solid in my opinion um it's basically it's like wwe light but for your whole team if you're a ruler theme which is a pretty decent theme like ruler fits a lot of stuff got some good options my personal favorite is robot man oh gosh that one's that is so funny. <laughs> it's so rough. Uh, I was lucky enough to get that from the pre-release, and 
Yeah, if Robot Man is a part of the listed theme team, which is Outsiders, at the beginning of your turn, roll a d6. Three through five, until your next turn, characters can only move in a direct path. On a six, until your next turn, opposing characters can only move in a direct path. Yeah. That sounds like so much fun. It's something where you can kind of build around it. You're going to want like a lot of sidestep on your team, a lot of TK, uh, but your opponent will never be prepared for it to hit. No. Which is. And you, you toss tarot cards in to like boost your single D6 rolls, and you just make your opponent have like the least fun game of Hero Clicks ever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or maybe the most fun because it's just so. Well, there is. What? There is a tarot card that does that same effect where it's like all characters have to move in direct lines. Um, what do you think of Bane's? His team up is with Secret Six, uh, and it gives all characters with Secret Six the team player team ability. Is there enough Ooh. stuff to copy for that? Is Secret Six still... I think Secret Six is still relevant, but at least until it rotates, but I just don't know if there's enough to copy yeah. that would already be on the team. Like PD? Yeah. Um... I mean, triple PD on Scarab could be... But, I mean, you already have double PD with Commissioner and Rookie. Uh, that is an interesting one. I don't know... I don't know what you'd be using it with, though. I don't like what you have in Justice League. Uh, PD... Oh, you could give them all stealth from Rookie. You could copy Batman team ability from them. That is so, pretty, yeah. That'd be pretty Sky cool. Tyrant could have Batman TA. That's not bad. Uh... Yeah, I suppose Bane's only 40 points, too. I mean, maybe. Honestly, that could maybe slot into Secret Six. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's a hard swap out for, like, a Giganta or whatever you're going to take out. But Probably, like, a rare Giganta. Yeah. She's 35. Yeah. Huh. But it is, it is, is a hard swap. It is an interesting... And he's not, I mean, he's not Giganta, but... Uh, he does have solid stats at that forty point line, so yeah. For whatever reason, if that was like something, um, let's see, Martian Manhunters. Oh, that's right. Uh, detective theme teams get outsiders. They get the outsiders team ability. That one could also like. I am. I'm really excited to build with uh, one Green Lantern Batman. Should I get him? And two, the detective keyword because. They're getting a lot of stuff, man. Like the, you know, the Bat Belt, that's going to be on detective characters. Uh, the Green Lantern Ring, Green Lantern Batman gets that. The Mystery Cards, they're all functioned on uh, detective keyword. This Martian Manhunter team up, giving them all outsiders. Like, detective hasn't, like, they have access to a lot of stuff. The free TK from the Legacy Commissioner now. Uh, the Commissioner from Wonder Woman 80, who makes Rookie. They have. They've got a lot of stuff to work with. So I'm very interested to see if people start building with the detective keyword. And I really want to try it myself. Giving your whole team outsiders. We were talking about the power of that with Chief earlier. It seems pretty good. So that shuts off a Sakarian Iron Man really easily. And he's, you know, everywhere in the meta. You don't have to be a genius to see that, right? <laughs> How rough so, would, uh, would this I like be to this. play against... Uh, the Penguin. So if you play a Gotham City Underworld theme team, which isn't terrible, like it's not winning too much, but it's it's not terrible. But if you play that theme team, uh, his team up is, uh, let's see, at the beginning of your turn, you roll a d6. The Penguin can use the resulting effect until your next turn. 
On a three through five, characters without the Underworld team ability can't carry more than one character. And on a six, characters without the Underworld team ability can't carry. So the, and then he gives everyone with the Batman enemy Underworld team ability, or all friendly characters. So your opponent just... If, if you manage to roll a three through five, they can carry one character. If you manage to roll a six, they just can't carry because they're probably not playing Underworld. Yeah, probably not. That's Yeah, that's fun. I like that. Shutting down the Green Lantern team ability big time. Yeah, there's a, there's a few teams I've seen in the last couple years where that specific role could just really shut them down for a whole turn. And that, I mean, yeah, one turn can be huge. It kind of wrecks Animal right now, right? With a lock yeah. job not being able to carry up. And you'd only need a three for that. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I don't I don't think it's, like, amazing, no. but it's definitely a massive inconvenience. <laughs> if I like the Robot Man one more. I think the Robot yeah, Man is that way was... funnier. If you picked, like, a super convoluted map, like one that's just, you know, like... Oh, all you need is, like, one wall in their way, and they're done. Yeah. Uh, gosh, what what was that rotated map? The one that was just so awful to play on. The name is escaping me. Just like a bunch of walls and doors. It was indoor as well. Was it the ROC one? I think so. It's like Hidden Something or Hidden Valley Ranch. Um, Hidden Valley Ranch. That that's it. That's what it's called. <laughs> uh, something Tomb. Maybe I don't remember. King's Tomb I, would be a fun one too. That's that's yeah. a. I don't know maps that well. Sorry, no, guys. <laughs> I ne- I never pay attention. I've had that specific that specific map you were talking about has been in my car for like months now, and I still you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, remember? Yeah, the name of it. But just a super convoluted map with a bunch of walls and stuff. Playing Robot Man on that would be super super funny. Yeah, and it would make for one of the most so... interesting games. So frustrating if you didn't have like anything that could go through walls. Yeah, you'd need you'd need some good phasing, that's for sure. Yeah. Yikes. Or some good uh chase shaggy so that you can Ooh. just run right through. Yeah. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. But yeah, that's like, the that's the Batman the team upset. I think it's a really fun set. Obviously it. it's the our once in a year probably DC set. I think it's not the best we could get but it's really darn good really fun being once a year they covered a lot of bases and they added a lot of value and i'm all for it i think there's something in this set for every dc fan just about yeah so i'm cool the new ip gives me hope for the future with uh acquisitioning of more random stuff yeah all right now we're going to move on to our Community Tuesdays question. There are dozens of us. Dozens! This Community Tuesday is a community question Tuesday, Tuesday question, whatever we call it. Um, it's a thing that we used to do quite often, and then we stopped because we just it felt like we were forcing the questions a lot. And so we didn't want to do that. We didn't want to ask questions that we weren't actually interested in. Uh, we wanted people to have genuine responses to interesting stuff. So I, uh, speaking of genuine, I, I straight up stole this question basically from Bill DeRocher. Uh, so he Our asked us, super fan. Yeah. Super fan. Uh, he asked us, let's see, two episodes ago. I think it was, uh, if the lantern cores were real, Simeon, what color ring would choose Calder Calder? What ring would choose Simeon and both of you, which color ring would choose Ian? 
Uh, we answered that, but I decided to rework it and said, which Lantern core would your Heroclix play style fit? So I'm going to do a couple quick answers. Not going to go through all of them, but uh, we've got a couple on Twitter. So Ben Jones said, the orange Lantern core. All Heroclix are mine. All objects are mine. All dice are mine. You get the idea. Mine. Uh, speaking of the <laughs> devil, his own Bill says, Blue Lantern Core. I am so full of hope, I keep losing, but I keep coming back for more. And then Tristan has been turned into a koala, whoever that is, says, Red, it's all about rage. Yeah. Those, those were our three on Twitter. And then over on Facebook, uh, we got Anthony Barnstable also said Orange Lantern. What's mine is mine. Don't take it from me. Play defensively, turtle, barrier, make you come to me when I am competitive in casual blue lanterns because my focus is on improving your experience so we both have fun together. I feel like that, I wasn't going to say that. orange lantern was like barrier and stuff, but that does make sense. That is very Larflees. Yeah. Like the the turtle up and like, you know, take a few points greedily and then hide. That is a very orange lantern kind of uh, play style. Yeah, like, come um, take it from me. Yeah, come come take this win from me because I've got, already got it in the bag. Uh, <laughs> I love let's see. It. Peter Marshfield said, Personally, I've always liked the Indigo tribe. However, Indigo 1 in this recent set was disappointing, even if her keywords were better than last time. That is one of the weird ones for me. Uh, Indigo 1 has like a lot of flavor text referencing other colors of the spectrum. So I still don't know how Indigo lantern core works i could have just looked it up weeks ago but um they must be able to like access multiple layers of the spectrum or multiple like emotions of the spectrum uh, and then we've got alex morse who said blue lantern core i hope beyond hope that my jank pile will win out the day and that's <laughs> do you have an answer to this one ian is there a play yeah, style definitely. that you think i think uh and you know this sounds a bit cocky but in my more competitive days uh, you know, way, way back, like probably when I was mm, 13, 14, 15, around then, uh, I would say I was probably a yellow lantern. I, I remember people sighing oh, when man. they had to play against me. Oh Striking yeah. I, fear. I would, uh, I'd win my local venue all the time. I hate to sound cocky, but yeah, for a long time, like rainbow was my stomping ground. And yeah, I remember people being like, oh gosh, I got to play Ian now. So for a while I'd say yellow lantern was probably pretty fair. You know, oh gosh, I would try so hard. I'd go so hard with team building and playing. And, you know, I wanted to win really bad. Uh, today, I would describe myself more as like an indigo tribe. I like building wacky stuff. I like playing for fun. Uh, the most fun setting is battle royales where everyone's just kind of goofing around. And, you know, just making sure everybody has a good t good time. Somebody talks a bit out of line. Okay, we team up on you a bit, you know, just having fun, supporting each other. How about you, Simeon? I so I think competitively for me it's Blue Lantern Core. Um, I play some kind of random stuff here and there, but at the end of the day, it all comes down to just hoping that my like rolls land and my opponents miss. And you maybe would or wouldn't be surprised, but the amount of times that I've won because my opponent needed like a five and just at the right moment they like rolled back to back fours or threes or something. Oh um, man. Yeah, like the the hope that I have to pull through is unstoppable. But uh, it when outweighs I, their dice. <laughs> yeah, it literally. Yeah, it weighs their dice down on the wrong side. Is what it does. Um, I feel like I have a vortex of bad luck around me, but doesn't affect my rolls. 
like that's how I feel sometimes when I play because I'm like, man, I really wish that you could hit that uh, that willpower on a three three six, but you just keep rolling ones. <laughs> like that's that's crazy. I can't believe that that's happening to you. Uh, no, I, I I can't count how many times games have come down to like one or two just straight up bad rolls where uh, I know Isaac. This was years ago. Isaac had a Iceman Colossal Call-In that was going to run through my Wendigo team, and he killed one. Wendigos? Yeah, the Tendigo team. He killed one, and he was about to pop off and go like to town on me, and he moved out of like range for prob, and all he needed was like a three or... No, he needed like a four or something because he had boosted Iceman stats, and the Wendigos are only like 17s. And it would have just decimated my team, left me with basically nothing. And he rolled a three, like the one thing that just wouldn't <laughs> stick other than like a crit miss, I guess. But yeah, oh, no. it's stuff like that where I'm just like, yeah, well, this team might not be the best, but I at least believe in it. But your dice rolls are even worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not even the team build that I hope for. It's It's literally just my opponent's dice rolls that I'm like, well. There's always a chance. I could play a single mud man and win worlds if I have enough luck. <laughs> you were like the only person in our local area who played mud man. So. Oh, he's so good. I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then I'm going to check. I'm not going to go through the ones we have on Discord just this week, but we will get to those next week. I think we have some from Malcolm as well. Um, and once again, we'll wait till Calder's back so that he can experience the joy of answering all of these questions that I'm going to leave for him. Uh, but if you want to join our Patreon, you Ooh. can do so. Uh, you can join our Discord. It's it's a lot of Marvel Snap, but we got some questions popping off. We got some fun interactions. Uh, Bill is posting pictures of pasties, which is like some sort of paste good, paste pastry good. I don't know. It looks like a bad calzone, is what it looks like, because he's got <laughs> he's got ketchup next to it. So I'm just imagining it's yeah ketchup. I saw the ketchup and I was like, "What? What I is?" I don't this? know. I don't know. It's slightly frightening. We got Fridge Luke in the chat now, so uh, you can come and say hi to Fridge Luke. Uh, I don't know yep. if he knows how to change his nickname, but I gave him that nickname, and it's gonna stay until uh, he figures it out, I guess. But yeah, we've also got bloopers. Uh, if you join at the $5 or more, you get added to the Discord. I can't remember. I think it's $10 or more. You get to choose some action tokens or uh, bystander tokens, which are really fun. Ours are unique. We don't just steal images from the internet. We make our own images. And with resident Photoshop expert Luke, 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 we have some pretty fun ones that you can choose from. And then, yeah, we just have a ton of fun in there. There's bloopers. There's early access to videos, but Dial H is also just a free to listen to and watch channel. So if you don't feel like joining Patreon, you don't have to, but uh, we do give back in a certain way. Uh, you can use code dial five to get 5% off at coolstuffinc.com. They don't have their singles up yet, but they do still have some pre-release stuff. And last week they didn't have the play at home kit the miniatures game or the Dyson tokens anymore, but those are back up. So you can quote unquote pre-order those only like a few days from release. So check them out at coolstuffinc.com. Make sure you use code dial five to get 5% off. And until next time, uh, Ian, do you have a sign off that you want to do? Put a pickle in your beer next time you have one. <laughs> All right. Pickle Pickleston signing off. <laughs> <laughs> 
See you next time. So if you're looking for emotional satisfaction, my advice to you is seek professional hero clicks. No. Are you serious? Again? How many people even play this game? Like the hundred? Instant deadpan humor. Over How they, six uh, people think I am funny. It's the hard day's work. Not that you know anything about that. Which Absolute fools, it's not Witcher nonsense. I'm gonna make hero clips like that forever. Are you kidding me? <laughs> hey Google, attack someone. Let's attack Simeon because he's a jerk. That's the truth.